But the question is, and this is the real you know, kicker, this is what's going to separate even that highest level of private practice owners to being the best, right? Do you know how to lead, right? We can achieve, we can get the most out of us. Can we get the most out of other people? All right, my friends, an awesome episode for you today. Today, we are going to talk about thermometers thermostats. You want to be the thermostat. Let me tell you why. A little bit of office talk. Closing thought of the episode. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. All right, friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Thank you for all the likes, the subscribers, the reviews. We're growing. I love growth. I love it for my business. I love it for the podcast. I love it for the YouTube channel. We're a growing community. We have big things planned. The mastermind group is coming up. We have webinars coming up, coaching calls. I love talking to you guys that want to know how to improve your practice, just want to bounce ideas off my head. Reach out, Dr. Lily at theultimateod.com. I'm here to help out. I love talking optometry. Let's get better together. When I talk to you guys, when we collaborate, when we uh, work together, iron sharpens iron. We all get better. It's one of my favorite phrases and I love I love doing that with you guys. So that being said, let's get today's today's podcast. Today we're talking about the thermostat versus a thermometer. Who sets the tone at your office? Let me set the table, if you will. The journey to the top of the mountain gets lonelier and lonelier the farther you go. The people that intend to finish are often one, two, maybe three people that will get there. But there's not a lot of people that are going to go with you all the way through. Let's let's think about our journey through school, right? Majority of my classmates when I graduated high school went on to some form of upper level education, undergrad, college, trade school, etc. But most people went there. Not everyone finished, right? The funnel, if you will, started to make its make its shape known. Then once we got our bachelor's degrees, even less of us went to grad school. We're talking, you know, doctors, masters, PAs, dentists, optometrists, but less and less of us went to that level. When I went to grad school, when I went to optometry school, there's only 17 of them, right? There wasn't a lot of opportunities like there is now, all right? Then we get done with school. How many people did a residency? I was not one of those people, but how many people did the residency? How many people went straight into private practice, right? Very few people go straight into private practice out of school. Even less, start their own practice out of school. A few will go into a private practice and then buy it. But what I'm saying is this journey got awful lonely, right? You get to a certain point, it's hard to have people that you can relate to, hard to have people that you can talk to. What it did create was a culture, a mindset, and us select few, right? Us, ultimate ODs, if you will. We know how to achieve. We know how to put a goal out there. We know how to accomplish it. But the question is, and this is the real you know, kicker, this is what's going to separate even that highest level of private practice owners to being the best, right? Do you know how to lead, right? We can achieve. We can get the most out of us. Can we get the most out of other people? That is crucial to being a great doctor. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. If a patient's non-compliant, 
they didn't get the right information. They don't know how important that is. A patient that could lose their vision because they're not taking their glaucoma meds is a reflection of a doctor that is not doing the right thing to connect with that patient to know what's going on. Now, that's an extreme example, and I know that there are exceptions, but you get the point I'm trying to make. You have to be able to communicate to patients to get them to believe in what you're saying. At the same time, you need to communicate with your staff to make things happen, to be the office that you want to be, to be successful. Now, there's thermostats and there's thermometers. What's the difference? The thermometer is going to react to the environment around it. That's how it's going to you know, have the temperature. What's happening around, around them, right? The thermostat sets the tone. The thermostat sets the temperature. Everything else around is going to be dictated by what the thermostat sets. You need to be a thermostat. I want to be the one setting the tone in my office. Now, think about all the hats you wear. Clinicians, families, you know, that's our parents, but our families, our kids, our spouses, customers, we have to take care of them. We're counselors to our fellow classmates, our fellow students. We want to give back to the profession. We want to help these students be the best they can be. We're trying to be the best we can be, right? Your staff, they have issues. They're going to come to you. They're looking for guidance. Can you help them achieve what you need to achieve, all right? All this noise around us, all these hats that we're wearing, it's really easy to lose focus, to let certain aspects slip, right? At a certain point, your staff starts calling the shots. I'm almost embarrassed to tell this story, but I'm going to. I, in year four, year three, started a second office, right? So I started a second office. I had hired a whole bunch of new staff. I had three people to begin with. One of them uh, left. The other one was just really new. So one patient, one staff member was there for three, three years. She was my most trained staff member. She could do the most to help out training the other staff, etc. Well, she kind of got a big head because of that, right? She thought she was a little more important than what she probably was, but I had no other choice, right? In my mind, I had no other choice. She was the only other person that knew what to do. If I wasn't at the second office, because I didn't have another doctor, if she wasn't there, would they know what to do? Would they be able to deliver my brand? The answer was no. She wasn't actually delivering my brand because, well, she was thinking she was a big deal. She came in one day and said, you know, I've been talking to my fiance and I'm not going to work nights. I am not working Saturdays anymore, and I want this much more money. And I said, okay. I was infuriated, but I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to create chaos because, well, I had a, I had a business to run, right? Sometimes you just have to, you know, take what you got and make chicken salad out of chicken. You finish that, right? It's embarrassing to think about now. I tell my wife constantly, and this has happened. Other people have come in. If that ever happened again, I say, thank you for letting me know. I'll be taking your keys and your services will no longer be needed here effective immediately. Right? I'm the thermostat. I'm setting the tone. And again, this was year three. I'm year 12. This is not the culture we have anymore. But it's really easy 
Because one, we don't get taught this. We're wearing so many hats. We're just trying to stay afloat. If you've went through this, don't feel bad. You're not alone. I did it, right? I I think I'm very successful now and I'm still growing. You're going to hit speed bumps. Other things that happen is that patients will start to dictate the policy. They'll start to call the shots, right? So again, we can only see so many patients an hour, right? If you see more than that, you're really going to burn yourself out. You need to take care of yourself. I need to be able to get a drink, uh, go to the bathroom when I have to. I would have patients that, well, can you fit all of us in at one time? We don't want to come back uh, multiple times. Or, you know, we're, we're all going to be seen on the same day because it's just easier for us. And, you know, we, we can go other places. And I would, oh, no, no, what, whatever it takes, we're here to serve you. We will do whatever it takes. Trying to give awesome customer service. Well, you know what those people like to do is they like to take advantage of the situation and then do what they do. They're the thermostat. And they're, you know, if they get what they need, you know, we're going to go take our prescriptions and go to Costco or we're going to get them online, etc. I would go above and beyond in my mind and they were calling the shots, right? Again, I've lost patience now at this point because, yeah, we, we only see three an hour. Uh, we have this many kids per hour. Uh, a family of like four wanted to all be seen on the same day. No, uh, we maximize that three per day. Well, you didn't do that previously. We actually have now just a new scheduling policy that we have. Well, then we're not going to come here. We understand. We wish you the best if we can help out. We're here if you need us, but you know that's your choice. That's that's where we are. The people that are trying to be the thermostats in those situations. There's times when you have to give in and you're not right. But when it's scheduling things and you can't make an exception. I get if they're home from college and they're only in for a week. Yes, I make the exception. I fit them in, right? I've seen them for years. I'm going to take care of you. But if this is something that just happens and happens and happens, don't get pushed around, all right? You have to be the thermostat of the office. So let me give you some, you know, some tips, some strategies to make sure that whether you're new to this, if you're learning how to lead, how you can be the thermostat of your office. Number one, systems scale. Systems are things that you can implement as you grow. When I started that second office, I had no systems in place. I was relying on me to guide the people in the office. That's not scalable. It wasn't even scalable to a small scale because the moment I wasn't there telling them exactly what to do, handling every situation, we fell apart. So make sure you set up systems. This is anything from how you make an appointment, how you go through optical presentation, how they're presenting lenses, frames, how they're doing a workup. You know, think about all the processes you do. Those need to be systematized. Early on, this is going to be very time consuming. You need to be very involved in this from the start. You're eventually going to get the system that works and then you're done. Well, you set the protocol, but know the limits, right? They know what lines they have to color between. You're going to lose people because of this. There's going to be people that just want to keep doing it the way they've done it. Or at another office where they previously worked, this is what they did. No, no. At our office, this is what we do. These acronyms that you're using, they don't they don't fly here. It's just an acronym. Can't you adapt? We could, but if everyone starts using their own acronyms, we have chaos. Cats and dogs living together, no communication, we're all suffering. So you're actually not going to use that 
acronym. We'll use this one. It's okay. It's just a little thing. You can do that, right? If they can't, they're telling you a lot about where they're going to go in the future of your office, right? If they can't adapt to that little thing, how are you going to bring in a new specialty and expect them to adapt to that, right? You're the thermostat. Set the tone. Now, patients might not like what you're doing. They might not like that, you know, as part of your exam, you do photos on anyone over 40. You're doing a dry eye evaluation on all people that wear contact lenses. I don't know. What protocols are you putting in place? What protocols are best for your patients? Figure them out, set them, develop them, but keep them in stone. The protocols, the systems are what are going to scale and make sure that your culture, your tone carries on. After that, you set up the systems. Now you delegate. This is where you get it off your plate. A lot of time, energy, and effort is going to be put into that first system or setting the system. The delegation, slightly easier if you get the right people. But you give this to a guardian. This person is going to protect the system. The, the areas I like to have are like admin, so insurances, calling patients, getting things ready for the day. We have clinical. These are your workups. These are your specialty clinics, your dry eye, your myopia management. And then you have your optical. These are your frames, your lenses. These are the things that are all associated with the experience after they went through the exam. Or if they walk in, they're there. What are your systems for these three things? Have a guardian. These are your managers, right? Call them guardian, whatever. They're protecting the system. You have to make sure that they know where you stand. Now, a lot of this is a learning curve. They have to know how you react to the situation. This is why you have a lot of communication initially, all right? What happened? How did you handle this? Or they're going to come to you, hey, uh, Mrs. Jones is having this problem with the frame. What do you want me to do? Before you give them the answer, ask them what they think they should do, right? If it's acceptable, deal, go with it. Tell them you would have done it this way, but we're going to do it your way for now. Or if they're completely off base, set them straight, make them know your standard, right? You do this two, three, four times, they're going to figure it out. Before you know it, they're acting because of your influence thermostat, right? They're the thermometers. You set the temperature. They're there. It's working. All right. So make sure that you're delegating to the right people. Give them ownership, but make sure they know the limits they have to operate under. They need to know as well, how are they going to be evaluated and what are the consequences if they don't follow the rules, right? This can be viewed as a negative, but honestly, if you don't do this, this is what happens, period. Just be straight up. Let them know. They will appreciate that. People love structure. You may think they don't love structure because you're an entrepreneur. You're a visionary. Remember, you're one of the select few. Not everyone is like you, so don't assume that everyone's going to act or want to be coached or managed like you would like to be coached or managed. Find out what they need and take care of their their wants and desires. Make it happen. So you set the systems. You have the guardians. You have your managers. Have you ever heard of this phrase, together everyone achieves more? What? What was it? Team, right? Team. Together everyone achieves more. If you are not careful, 
your systems and your managers, your guardians, they can have little factions. They can have their little cults. Optical is fighting with admin. Admin's fighting with clinical. Everyone has their own belief system, and everyone thinks they're the best. And you know what? Cats and dogs living together. Chaos again. Chaos. We don't want chaos. We want synergy. We want people to work with each other. You and I both know that the technician can make your life amazing. You know why? Because that technician asked them their lifestyle needs, and they said Mrs. Jones loves her progressive, but she's having trouble on the computer. Well, you know what? Your admin made it very clear that she has two vision insurance plans, right? Two VSP plans. Hooray! We can coordinate those, or she can use them both separately. This gets relayed all to the doctor. The doctor goes through the exam, gets her dialed in with the progressive, tells her about this really cool thing called a pair of computer glasses. When she's on her three monitors, guess what? Put on the computer glasses. You actually have a second insurance. This can help. You, the doctor, does the handoff and convey this to the optician. Because the admin did their job, the technician found it out. The doctor was given the information. He relayed that to the optician. The optician sells three pairs of glasses. You know why? Because they got the progressive. They got that computer pair. You know what they wanted? A second pair of computer glasses because they wanted to leave a pair at home. You got three pairs of glasses. You got a happy patient all because everyone was operating within the system. They all were following the protocol that they have for their role. It worked together and everyone achieved more. When you give bonuses, spiffs, or whatever you do, everyone in that situation gets a bonus. Everyone gets the reward. Because if the admin dropped the ball, if the optician dropped the ball, if the technician or the doctor, if someone didn't follow through, you could have lost the sale. You could have not made that patient's life that much better, right? So make sure that you still create an environment where all these people work together. So whether that's when you meet with the managers, you meet with them one-on-one, but you also meet with them together. They can get their frustrations. They can get their feedback out. You want a culture where feedback is not bad. It's healthy. It's embraced. It's how you grow. One of my favorite sayings, we do not grow without pain. Embrace the pain and let that make everyone better. So you have scalable systems. You have delegation. You're working as a team. Can this last? I'll tell you what, it can because a strong culture is self-policed. All right. What is your job as the owner? CEO, you're the visionary. Remember, CRO, Chief Reminding Officer. If you keep reminding them enough, they're going to police this amongst themselves. If someone is not doing their protocol, they're not doing what they need to do, or they're below your standard of care, someone's going to step in and say something. And that's the culture you want. They're not going to be malicious. They're not going to be bad. But they're going to make sure that everyone's pulling, everyone's rowing in the same direction. A strong culture is self-police. So think about all the hats that we started talking about, all the things you're wearing, the mistakes I made because I was letting my staff 
be the thermostat. This all starts from the top. You are in charge of your office. You have to set the tone, right? Get in your head about the environment, the culture, the office you want to have. Bo Schembechler, representing Michigan today, said those who stay will be champions. When you start making this change, when you start focusing in on what matters, you're going to lose staff. Some people are not cut out to be as good as you need to be. That's fine. Just make sure that you are taking note of who's leaving and why. If it's something that you're doing and everyone's going to be turned over, make sure that you're really thinking committed to that new way of doing things. And I mean committed in the sense that you can't adapt and adjust. If you're not willing to adapt, this could be a really rough road. And I'm not saying that you have to. Just know that you have to be committed to that journey that you're walking down. Now, if you can make some accommodations to make it work, that's fine. But don't get caught in the trap of letting them set the temperature. All right? These are mistakes I made. I hope this gives you a very structured view of how to be the leader of your office. Leadership is often talked about, not often coached, not often shown how to do it. But this is an easy three-step process you can use in every aspect of your business, every aspect of your life to be better, to make sure that you're getting the most out of those around you. That's what I have. We'll have more for you next week. All right, friends, a little office talk. So one of the cool things that I'm doing right now, or it's cool to me, right? I don't know if it's cool to you, but I'm trying to optimize my optical. A certain part of me likes that, and I'm not an engineer by any means, but I like the analytical business side of things where you can just look at numbers, analyze the numbers, and then make decisions based on those. So I'm looking at all my frame sales, right? And I'm kind of categorizing them zero to $200, $200 to 250 250 to 325 and 325 and up. Uh, we don't have many frames over to 325. Uh, that's just the nature of my office. We have the highest frame, I think, our, our salt frames are 450 to 480, something in that range. Uh, but looking at those, and then I'm seeing what's my distribution. And also, I'm within those frame lines, I'm looking at the reps that I'm meeting with. How do I get a great distribution? I want it to be leaning towards the right, so more frames towards the higher end. Moving that average, that median sales price, medium frame, a little bit more to the high end. And then within that, trying to cut out so I have five reps that I meet with. All right, Not because I, well, one, because I want to work with less reps, but what I'm trying to do is take myself out of optical. I don't want to be involved in the actual day-to-day picking out the frames. I have a great optician. I have a great optical manager. I want them to handle that. How do I do that? Well, like I said, I'm looking at what I need. So within that, I'm going to take all the frames. These are the price points that these frames fall under. We need this many of these frames. So they're going to have a, a board number for that brand. Within that, I want them to deal with less reps. The more reps... Just the more they're going to get sold and, hey, get this one. We have these deals, X, Y, or Z. So by limiting the reps, we're making their lives easier. Less people to work with, more depth of uh, the brand is what I'm reading or hearing. Um, 
but it's fun. It's an analytical side of what I'm doing, and then I'm going to see if it correlates to higher frame sales. Our frame, average frame price right now, is up 20 or $30 year to date. One, because obviously inflation's affected that, but two, I think because we're moving that medium price, it's helping with frame sales. So just little things that I'm doing in my office to make it better. Little things that you can do, and you can do this with anything from, you know, looking at how many people do we have in this age demographic? How many of these people are buying, you know, Mackey Health vitamins or how many are buying your supplements? Are we marketing it the right way? But look at your business in terms of numbers. Sometimes taking the emotion out of it, taking the person out of it, and just looking at numbers makes things easier for me to deal with. It might make it easier for you. Uh, that's what I have. I'll have more office talk for you next week. Where, oh where, has the time gone? We're to the closing thought of the episode. And today I'm going to leave you with this little thought. If you only wish to be happy, this could easily be accomplished. We wish to be happier than other people. And this is always difficult, for we believe others to be happier than they are. Montestiqua. I don't know who that is. But I saw the quote and I thought it was quite profound. Because if we just look internally... Yes, happiness is quite quite easy to achieve. We're, we're not that complex. We want food, water, shelter, a little bit of abundance. Yeah, it's easy to please us. However, we live in this social media culture, and we like to look at other people. Comparison is a thief of joy. Every single post that someone posts, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name your social media application of choice, And it should say, people are not as happy as they appear in this post. There it is. That's true, but we don't think about that. We see them, we want that, or we think they're living their best life. We don't see behind the scenes what they're actually feeling, doing, or thinking, and we create this false sense of aspiration, what we're running and trying to achieve. So why do I tell you that? I do the same thing. However, when it's brought to light, sometimes it's kind of eye-opening. Hopefully, it gives you a little bit of perspective and you can focus on yourself. That's what I have for you. Dr. Lily out.